I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Episode 400 of After the Whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. So the biggest news, I think, coming out of the hockey world this weekend is the Patrick Laine story as he enters the NHL Players Assistance Program. I, I, it, think it, it, I think it has to do with him dealing with some, some issues, uh, some uh, depression issues and mental health issues and something that he wants to take care of. Um, instead of trying to battle through this and play the game of hockey at the same time, which clearly is not working for him. So I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased that, you know, he has made this decision to, to find some help, identify this, find help and, and come back a stronger, a stronger person, most importantly, uh, and a stronger player, but he needs this time to step away. So I'm, I'm happy that he was able to, um, figure that out and, and, and get, get some help. I can't imagine how many players over the years have, have needed this and have probably been too afraid to say anything or do anything about it. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, there's been a lot of players that have come out because of, because of how tough hockey players are supposed to be, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally, right? Like the, there's no issues with hockey players. They play a game and they make lots of money. Pro athletes, right? There's no there's no depression allowed for these guys. There's no room for that. Yeah. So I, I you know what? I admire this. And I, I gotta tell you, man, I I there were moments during my career where I didn't know it. I, I mean, fuck, I wanted out big time. Big time. Just wasn't wasn't what I thought it was cracked up to be the 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 not even it just wasn't not even the role just the culture just it wasn't all for me i played into it well i definitely played into it well and in fact sometimes too well but i mean this 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 is it's not easy being a professional athlete there are different pressures for every player this guy has had so much pressure on him since he was the second overall pick well, you don't know it. You don't know the pressure on him before that, right? The limelight in Finland being ultimately the best player in Finland at a very young age, the pressure to perform every night, being dragged all over that country. Um, there, there are some, 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 uh, players have, have, have a hard time with that. And, uh, you know, I, we don't know, we don't know what is added to this, this, you know, going into this assistance program, dealing with, with, uh, mental illness, what we don't know what's happened in his life that has maybe triggered himself so much right now that he has to, um, take a step away. I like that we you said know. that because I think that that's, that's probably the most real part of it is that we don't, we don't humanize pro athletes. Yeah. 
we basically put them on this pedestal of can deal with anything. They don't have any problems because they make lots of money. How hard could it possibly be? Well, he was a healthy scratch for the first time probably in his entire life, right? His entire life. Patrick Laine has been the greatest hockey player of his generation to come out of Finland and then to have at 18 years old move overseas um, and have the pressures each and every night of playing in Winnipeg in front of their fans. And, um, you know, as you get older, um, maybe things are buried more and there's, there's, uh, seems to be a breaking point, right? Like for an example, I'll give you an example. Like there was, um, the player this year, Samuel Gerard from the Vancouver Canucks. So he went into the player's substance abuse program. So um, he had an alcohol issue, but the alcohol issues stemmed from anxiety and depression issues. So he had to self-medicate himself and it got to a point that there was a problem, a big problem. So he has to take a, uh, take a leave, take a leave, get into the program, try and understand why he's dealing with all these feelings, this, that, and the other going deeper, speaking with the right people. Um, now in, 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 in Colorado, you have another player there, Valerie Nikushkin, um, he is in the program now. We do not know what he has dealt through uh, his time. So it's, I'm happy that um, these players are feeling that they can use this, um, this program to get the help that they need. Okay. To identify it early in their, in their, in the early stages of their life. So these guys are in their twenties dealt with a lot. I'm just happy that these guys are getting this, this uh, this help, Edmonton, another win. They win their 16th game. Now, this is a team that, you know, I sit there and I smile, I smirk. It was a team after, I think it was around 10 games. When did they fire their coach? How many games? I don't remember. It was like ended eight to 10 games, maybe. And they were they were sitting in the league at the time. They were sitting the second worst team in the NHL. And you were, I think everybody was in the same boat. You know, what is happening in Edmonton with all of that talent, you know, McDavid, the dry side on Newton Hopkins and the Hyman and, you know, everyone else. Um, why were they, why were they struggling so bad? And you look at the turnaround of this hockey club and now sitting with 16 wins in a row and because it, there, it's so many games, now you start to go and research what is the longest streak in the NHL? And the surprising part is it's it's 17 games. Pittsburgh Penguins in 1992-93 had a 17-game winning streak. Columbus Blue Jackets 2016-2017 season had a 16-game winning streak. And now you have the Edmonton Oilers tie the second longest NHL winning streak. Okay, question for you. Any of these uh shootout or any of these wins for the Oilers shootout wins? Uh 
I don't know why. Okay. Well, be, well, I mean, because in Pittsburgh uh, in ninety two, ninety three, there were no shootouts. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's more impressive. No offense. Okay. But it's still this day and age incredible, right? Right. I mean, incredible, and, and probably more so just because of what happened at the start of the year with Edmonton. But anyway, okay. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Teams never give away information on injuries. Upper body, lower body, that's it. But the attorneys at Salino Law have a lot to say about dealing with injuries. If you're in a car crash and you have been injured, call Salino, 800-555-5555. Who doesn't love a great pregame meal? You're in luck. Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino has the Buffalo Sabres home game dinner special. Available on home game days, Wednesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Three-course prime rib dinner special, 50 bucks a person at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Sabres hit the break on Saturday after a win in San Jose. But... Not without doing it in uh, prime Sabres fashion, huh? Going down 2 nothing, having to claw themselves back. I think that's as clear as day that this team, it, they have an issue with how they prepare, how they're mentally ready. I don't know if it's uh, on the players or if this is on Don Granato's message, but they don't start to go in almost all of the games until like the second and into the third period. You're not going to win in the NHL when you do this. Like, I mean, great. They're down two nothing. I got, I was uh, on Twitter uh, reading some uh, posts and one, somebody wrote me and said, well, I'm sure you've probably turned it off already because they're down two nothing with, uh, with 10 minutes into the game against the worst team in the league. Yeah. Someone texts me, they're like, are you watching this shit? We're into the all-star break. We're 49 games in to the NHL season. They're nine points out of a wild card spot, 11 points out of a um, division spot. Now, when you say nine points, it, it, some of you are going to look at nine points as, as a, as a lot and others are going to look at, Oh, we're only nine points out. The problem that we fall into is that we have the Islanders, Pittsburgh's, New Jersey, Washington, and the Montreal Canadians that are basically all, um, ahead of us. That's not even the part that bothers me or concerns me. And that's not They're, that's not that's not talking about the two teams in the wild card, Toronto and Detroit. So Toronto, Detroit, Islanders, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, Washington, Montreal, and the Buffalo Sabres. Here's the thing the Buffalo Sabres have 49 games. 
there's some teams that only have 47. Some teams have yeah. 46. There was a point where I thought the Sabres had a few games under some of these teams. Yeah. That, you know, a few games in hand, and then here they are. They're all caught up. And they're way what, behind. That's what is weird. your thought if you're going into the All-Star break, Petey, and you're Kevin Adams, and I'm sure he's not going on a break. I'm sure he's taking the opportunity to figure out what the hell has just happened in the first 50 games of the season. Or maybe what he, do maybe, I need maybe to do? he already knows. Does he already know? Do you think he already knows? Well, he's got like a brush what teeth direction every he morning. I'm sure in. he's got a mirror on the other side of that sink. Okay, but like as a GM, you're 50 games into, I don't know, a 13 year rebuild. Um, you, what at what point in time? Probably the first time you would say maybe PD in what eight or nine years that they've had any sort of of pressure on them to to do something with this team. Would you? Would you agree with that? Yeah, this is this is the first time. This is the first time. So there is clearly. Did we, did we actually believe though that they were I going did. to make the play? The, I, you, I, I really absolutely man, did. I did not, and I'm pretty sure. Fuck, I don't even know how I felt. I think it was, I don't know. With the way that they finished the season, and here here's where I'm at. I I want to preface this. This is very important. When the way they finished the season last year with Tage Thompson and Tuck and Skinner and Cousins and Middlestat and Darlene and all the players that were on this team that really had, they had career years. They had outstanding years. They scored a lot of goals. They were very exciting to watch. I said to myself, this team will make the playoffs. If... Kevin Adams goes and solidifies a few areas of this team to add to add to an already extremely confident and young core. That's what I thought. Once that did not happen and we start the season and I, I we're not going to we're not going to go over this but yeah, thank you. Moves thank that you. were clearly not made my my concern for this hockey team was I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Where after the season was done and you took a couple weeks and then now you're you're watching NHL playoffs and I'm thinking to myself, the Sabres are the youngest team in the league. They clearly need a few areas that need to be addressed. Kevin Adams will go do this this summer because he's got all the money in the world. And we're going to be in a really good situation next year. And then all you fast forward to the start of the season and there were no moves made, like literally no moves made except for two defensemen that were number five and sixes on their, their team. So it did not I, I make gotta be. I have to be completely honest with you. And I thought that our conversation at this point of the season was going to be a lot different. What what would it look like? What what is it supposed know. to look like? Because I, I can because tell you exactly we've, what it it, we've it never had it a chance to like. talk about it. We've never had a chance to talk about it. I don't know what what that no, kind of conversation sounds that's like. That's not pop. what I'm saying. Oh, I'm saying what was, should the conversation be on our expectations at the start of this year 
What should our conversation be right now at the All-Star break, 49 games Based into the season? Based off what we thought was going to happen? What we thought was going to happen. Can't wait to see what Kevin Adams does at the trade deadline to bolster the roster. What, what was the word? What's the what's the one specific word you used? Bolster. That means you're going to bolster your ro- your roster because you have have feel you felt that you have solidified a wild card or even maybe a divisional spot, and you want to bolster your roster because you have so much. Um, prospects in your organization it is crazy and you also know that those players all these players are not going to be able to play on the same team there is no room for all of the players that are in the sabers organization right now and they have a lot of them so i would have thought we'd be sitting here going i can't wait to see what kevin adams does to really bolster this roster to make a playoff slash cup run that's yeah, what i would be thinking that's what i'm thinking i'm th- that's what i'm saying about detroit steve eiserman's probably sitting there thinking about what he's going to do down the stretch to bolster his roster because that's exactly where the sabers are supposed to be 49 games each 26 18 and 5 that's detroit 22 23 and 4 are the sabers nine points i can find you four games where they completely played like total dog shit and give and give them the win, and then also split one and take the shootout. That's the difference right there. I think I said Detroit was the better team, but got shit on for that one. Listen, I don't even know what a positive conversation like that would sound like. It's been we have not had one. Last year was the most positive discussion we've ever had since the year they won ten games in a row and blew that. So I'm, you know, it's hard to be excited about the win against San Jose. Sabres fans, I will say this. I was going to say this, that Sabres fans actually, uh, I I really do feel for them. I really, really do feel for them because there's Sabres fans that are are insane hockey fans. And those insane Sabres slash hockey fans watch other games other than just watching the Sabres. Those are the diehards. Those are the... That they love <laughs> they're, they're all the general. ones that, they're all the ones that message our show and say, Hey, it's okay. You can talk more now about the the rest of the league. Right. Stop talking. They're, they don't even want us to talk about the Sabres anymore. That's right. And there's there's a large percentage of fans that do not watch hockey other than the Buffalo Sabres, whether they're on TV or they go to games, they are not watching and sitting sitting down and watching a Boston play Detroit game on a Tuesday night if the Sabres aren't playing. There's 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 a large 80% of fans are not doing that. So what I'm trying to say is the Sabres fans that watch Sabres hockey over the last decade plus 13 years, they have, they do not remember what good hockey is. They don't understand what Boston Bruins, what the Boston Bruins fans see every night. They don't get to see what Tampa Bay fans have seen over the last eight, nine years. They don't get to watch, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes or the Rangers or, or even Florida Panthers right now or 
probably, I would say, the number one most fun team to watch in the National Hockey League. There's fighting, there's hitting, there's goal scoring, there's, like, I mean, there the energy in the building is yeah. through the roof. Did you see the game last week? Two fights right off the start? Yes. Yes. Two fights in the first two droppages of the game. And then the game was played after that. And it was fast and it was physical and it was holy shit, man. Is this what hockey is? Is this what hockey is? We're sitting here watching. We have watched literally below average all-star game hockey for, for so many years now that Sabres fans do not know what good, exciting hockey is. Does Jeff Skinner have any trade value? It's it's a really, really good question. It's a really, really good question. Um, and I know Jeff Skinner ha- is is uh, is well liked by the fans here. Um, I know that Jeff Skinner has term under his contract, which is not as desirable as what you would want, but he would have this year and he has three more years at 9 million. Jeff Skinner is still producing at a very strong rate. He's a goal scoring freak. There's, there's, there's gotta be a team out there that is willing to not only take on that salary, but willing to bring the whole freight, all nine. You can't, there's not a team in the world that would do that. Not one. Not one. You can't even see the, say the Arizona Coyotes anymore because and, and send them first. You'd have to give. You'd have to just give Skinner for nothing for that. Which I would do, by the way. I would literally take a second round pick if for someone to take Jeff Skinner and his salary. Well, what you're doing in that situation, and let's just say hypothetically that your thought process is moving Skinner along and and inserting just hypothetically a Yari Coolidge. What I see in that move and why you would make the move is you're rolling back the clock. Okay. For an example, Paige Thompson's 26 years old. He's going to be turning 27. That is still a very, very young player in this league. Dylan Cousins, 22. Uh, Victor Olsson, he will not be here. Uh, Alex Tuck, 27. Jordan Greenway, 26. Middlestat, 25. Gergensen will not be here next year. Or I literally will be not, uh, quitting my entire existence with the Sabres. Alec Poso, 35, will probably not be here. Eric Robinson, 28. Zach Benson, 18. They might, they might Hayden keep Krebs, just Dylan, uh, Jack Quinn, and Paterka are 23, <laughs> 22, and 22. What you're doing is you're rolling back the clock on what we're, what the Sabres are doing. Uh, if you move Skinner out and move in Coolidge, who's what, 20? What you're doing there is you're just rolling back the clock where we're not quite ready to compete for a spot, but you're going to wait with Paterka, Quinns, Bensons, you know, guys like that that are so young, cousins, they're only, they're all under 22. 
what you're doing is you're saying the age of 24, 25, those players should be absolutely rocking it. Guys like Thompson and, and, and Tuck and Greenway will be into their 28s and 29 years. There's not years. a team in the world that's going to take all $9 million of his salary. Not one. And the Sabres are in no position to carry 4.5 of that for the next three years. Oh, God, no. Come on. He, 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 Petey, he scored 30, how many goals? 35 goals last year. The year before that, he scored a bunch of goals. He's a 40 goals. He scored, he scored so much in his career, okay? There would be a team that needs scoring, that absolutely needs scoring. There are teams out there that look at their roster and say, we got a lot of smash mouth. We got a lot of these players that are smash mouth players, but we're, we're missing those players that as much as you can't stand their game and how they play it, they just produce offense. And Jeff Skinner is a, is a point producer producing goal scoring freak. He's outstanding. You may not like the other parts of his games, like his defensive uh, awareness or how he back checks or he doesn't block shots or he's not really making you know, goal song. You don't he like, he does a lot. Well, you know, goal song. I mean, he's a really very, very talented hockey player. There's another team out there that I think would look at this and you, you would have to take on a bad contract from them, but it just might not be three years long. Do you agree with that or no? I don't see Skinner going anywhere. I just don't. I was just asking if you thought he had trade value because I was just asking if you thought he had trade let me, value. Let me, let me ask you this. When you think of a team like Seattle Kraken, what do you think they what do you think they're missing? Um so they have they have great goaltending. Okay. They have um very solid defense, very big, Warleski, uh Dumoulin, Dumoulin, um uh Vince Dunn's outstanding player and uh Will Borgen. They have those uh Adam Larson, they have a really strong defense core. When you look at their their forward line, there's a lot of players on the team that are not high-end players, except for a Jared McCann, who I don't look at Jared McCann and say, wow, that's that's a that's a that's a star player in this league. But he's getting it done. He's got 20 goals in 48 games. He he's he somehow does not have the respect to put a star beside his name, like he's a star, but he's a very, very good hockey player. But other than that, they don't have a, a offensive point producing freak that can, that can generate offense like Jeff Skinner. Yeah. And I'm sure the guy, I, I'm sure the assistant general manager who did not want to sign him to this contract is going to just happily bring him out there to Seattle. Maybe at a much lesser price, maybe. I'm sure he would have signed him at a lesser price than $9 million, but he didn't want to sign him at 9 Their season's over. So what does Kevin Adams do? 
What does he do moving into this point forward? They have 33 games left in the season. What should be Kevin Adams' thought? You send Devin Levi down for the remainder of the season to play it out in Rochester. There's no need to stay here. Find out 1, what thousand percent agree with that. I know what you have in UPL. Play the shit out of your young guys. Turk is unbelievable. Get Quinn. You hold know, on. As, hold oh, on. Top. Stop. Yeah. Stop. You're going a little quick here. Okay. Devin Levi. Moving, Just dodge. And this is about. This is really about the development of Devin Levi. This is not a punishment. This, he will absolutely 100% be back with the uh, Buffalo Sabres starting 2024-25 season. The point is he needs to play a significant amount of games. You need to fatigue him, tire him, mentally fatigue him. You need to get him to where that is his normal and he can deal with that pressure and that workload of a number one goaltender. That's what I would be doing. I would be playing him a lot. Even when he's tired, I'm going to play him because I want him to understand that that's what top elite goaltenders do in this league. They play 55, 60 plus games a year, and that's what I would be working towards. All right. The next thing I would do is I'd play the shit out of the young guys. Okay. Who are the young guys? What do you mean, the young guys? You mean are are you meaning bringing up Yari Kulich and playing him so he has an opportunity to get a taste of what this league is about? about. That's not what I'm talking talking. I might even send. You know what I might do next? I might send Zach Benson back to junior. I might say, go finish off your junior season. There's no reason for you to be here, and I'd start using some other bodies there. Okay. Well, that wouldn't go over well. With who? With anybody that has a brain, because you're basically just burnt a year for this kid. No, this kid isn't the reason why they're in the situation they're in. I'm not one, saying, I'm not saying play, that. I'm hey, saying Craig, that you played him and you burnt one of his years, and now all of a sudden oh, you're going to send him back to junior? No, big deal. He's not, he's not going to sign a $10 million contract coming off this entry-level deal. No, I'm not worried about that. It sucks that they burned a year. Big, I mean, big deal. It was a fucking. It was a mistake. He hasn't had a point in what? How long? Eleven games. Yeah. So, no one's gonna. No one's gonna be upset. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven games. Uh, so I'd send maybe him back to junior. It's another thing I would do. Don't care about the popularity about it. Not here for a popularity contest. Um, wouldn't be the first guy whose who's, uh, career we started too early. Um, another thing I would do... I don't know. I play UPL a ton. That's a given. That's a given. Um, you're going to play UPL. Lever this year, it's not. Well, if we, we've already you, no, no, no. We we're not talking Levi. We've okay. already sent him down. Okay, we sent perfect. him down for a reason. Not it's not a punishment. It is basically to play that kid, so he understands the minutes, the games, the fatigue level, all that kind of stuff rolled up into working towards being the goaltending of of the future that we need here in Buffalo. This is yeah. this is about developing. 
Yep. Next thing I and would sitting do. Sitting behind UPL, who has clearly been the number one goaltender, you are uh you're just you're just hurting Devin Levi. I mean, it just makes no sense. It's just it's a terrible move to even have him here in the first place, but we're not gonna go back to that. Um, send him to the minors, let him play, let him play a lot, fatigue that kid out so he understands what it means to play multiple, multiple games in a row and still being tired, but knowing that you are the number one goaltender, this is what you're dealing with. So I like that idea. I like the idea of giving uh, Yari Kulich a shot. And I'm not talking bringing him up here and just pampering him around and having him play seven minutes a night and not putting him on the power play. This kid needs to be on the power play. He's a trigger. He's a trigger guy. Um, He's got all the skill in the world. Now, if they're about continuing to get better, give this kid a shot. Give this kid a shot. Put him in the lineup. Take Zach Benson out. Give him a night off, put Coolidge in, and you can flip them back and forth for a little while to kind of see if one's gonna um to jump out. And uh that's kind of where we're at. Like, and, and for me, Kevin Adams, he should be looking about the future, looking about acquiring players. I think you're gonna move on Zemgus Gergensen. Like, if they don't, holy shit, man. Okay. 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 Pilot the Boso, next, the next thing I would he do, might be on a next, move that might want to go to a, a contender, which would be incredible, uh, an addition to have a player like that. Um, Eric Johnson is another one. You will not be having him back after next next year, so you're going to be looking to move them on for for pieces. Next thing I would do. trim down Owen Powers minutes and jack up Ryan Johnson's minutes a little bit doesn't have to be a ton doesn't have Powers playing well over 20 doesn't need to play that much think it's a it's a a lot too much for him think that's part of the part of his problem this year is that you're giving him way too much ice time too early just based on hype and draft status, Ryan Johnson's a four-year college player. Uh, he's a he's, you know, uh, uh, his body's more mature. He's older. But what? But can I? Can I? I think Owen Power, for the most part, has had a had a solid season. I don't think that we're 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 talking at Owen Power right now, saying that hey. This guy is absolutely elite. This guy, we absolutely have to get under a long-term contract for $8.35 million because it's a must because he's going to blow up. I think Owen Powers had a solid season this year. There are things in his game that need to mature, but only time will mature those things. He has the skating ability, the skill set, all of that, but he needs time to mature as a young man, as a, as a more confident player. Um, and that is going to only come through time. You can't rush this. You can't want something that, quite frankly, has to be marinated. It has to mature 
and we will get I, I I'm I'm very confident in Owen Power and what he will provide for us in the future. But he's 21 years old, very very young. Um, he's he's an incredible talent, but needs time to mature the other parts of his game that will make him a very special player. I hope they get a much needed rest break, come back healthy and rejuvenated, and maybe try to do something special here in the second, I don't want to say second half, but the last 33 games of the season. You never know what can happen, right? St. Louis a few years ago, you know, you look at the Oilers are about to win 17 in a row possibly. So to me, it's just, you never know, but doesn't look good. I'm not done. The one thing I'm going to add to this, talking about what you do with players, Devin Levi, things like that, what you do with Yari Kulich, young guys like that. Um, we talked about, you know, moving on players that are older in this organization, moving them to a, an opportunity to um, play in the playoffs and, and, and work for a Stanley Cup. Okay. We also talked about it's time for Kevin Adams to utilize the Matt Savoy's or a Yari Kulich or an Isaac Rosen's or the players that you can move to make a significant trade to make this team better. Okay. The last thing I'm going to say that Kevin Adams needs to, to improve. And that's in the front office. I believe, and this is just my, only my humble opinion I think moving to find someone that is a uh, hockey ops that is directly, directly connected to the team that travels with them in every situ situation, watches every single practice, talks to every single person in the press boxes to find out what's going on and watch, watch hockey constantly to basically help make decisions with an unbiased opinion that is going to make this team better. Because right now you have Kevin Adams. And that's it. You have Carmanos, who is basically ultimately working with Rochester and taking care of the things in Rochester. But there's certainly a lot of discussion between Kevin Adams and Carmanos to try and what is the next move? What do we do here? How is the development of players in the minors? Things like that. But we need someone that has a, that has another voice. That is a hockey person that has the ability to watch hockey and, and uh, with an unbiased opinion, go to Kevin Adams and say, this is where we're at. This is what we need. This is what we're lacking. You need to go and do something about this because we're faltering big time in this area. Dust off your resume. Yeah, no thanks. That'll do it today for After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.